heaven all over the room tonight and just give him praise and thank him worship him bless the lord extol him give him praise it's so sweet to trust in jesus just to take him at his word just to lean upon his promise just to notice the lord it's so sweet to trust in jesus just to take him at his word just to lean upon his promise just to notice the lord jesus jesus how i trust Can we take it together one more time? Which loudest voice, Jesus?
Has any other person been so faithful to you? Because all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. Every breath that I Hallelujah. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Whilst we're still playing, I, I just want to specially love on and appreciate Pastor Kinsley and Pastor Mildred. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I told them on the island, I know no two persons in all the world that have loved us and pastored us like they have done. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And I'm here with the most beautiful woman in all the world. My wife, Pastor Dia. Just a second. In John chapter 5, the Bible tells us that Jesus went to the pool of Bethsaida. And um, it was an amazing place because at that pool, you had all kinds of ill and sick persons. The Bible says all kinds of diseases. Anything you can think of. Hands cut off, legs cut off, leprous people, blind, deaf, dumb. Every single kind of disease you can think of. And Jesus walks into the place. I would assume that he would perform mass healings and mass miracles. He didn't do any of such. Jesus walks to a man who had been there for 38 long years. And says to him, will thou be made whole? Now, if you were the one that Jesus left everybody. Imagine he showed up in this place physically. And he walked to you and he said, I came here just for you. What are you going to do? If you were like me before yesterday when I heard myself teach, I'll tell him everything. Not just one matter. How many of you have been in meetings where they said, just write one thing? You said, one? One? I have, I have hundred things to write. So I was expecting that the man would tell Jesus, hey, hey. <laughs> Do you know how many things I've not been able to do all my life? Don't be deceived with this one, no. This is just one out of several. The man looks at Jesus and says to Jesus, I have no man to help me. When the water is stirred, and even when I try to get myself into it, somebody steps in before me. Now, if it was about fate, in the sense of it like we talk of, that man had no faith to be healed. It was obvious from his confession, his declaration, that he had no faith to be healed. So that miracle was not put there to show us faith or teach us faith. There was a different reason why. Because Jesus looks at the man and says, now you don't have to wait for the waters to be steered. I am the living word. 
the word is always stirred. And so Jesus says to the man, rise up and walk. You don't have to wait for no stirring of the water. Here's the big problem. You see, if you go for a healing meeting, you can have healing meetings every day. Neither can you have prayer meetings forever. But the word is always stirred. And whatever it is you're looking for outside is in that book you're carrying. Anything. Whatever it is you think, oh, a grace somebody carries, it's in that book. It's always stirred and ready to produce results. Hallelujah. And so tonight, I'm trusting God that he would, he would, um, a fire will be, will burn in your heart, a hunger for the word. That's my strong desire. I believe that God helped us at the island yesterday. And he said on the second day, he would revive us. On the third day, he would raise us up, right? So we're going to have a blast tonight. Hallelujah. Are you ready? You may be seated. Tell the person beside you, I'm ready to receive God's word. And I will see a wickedness. Of God, and I will sing of the goodness of God. How many of us believe that God is good? Wave your hands at me all over this church. You believe that His word never fails? Wave at me. If I told you that by this time tomorrow and I said something based on the scriptures, how many of you believe it will happen? You're sure? We have people pumped with faith, right? I heard yesterday was a blast. Amazing. I missed, right? I should have been here. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Sometime earlier on this year, now, what I'm sharing with you is very simple. One of the most basic thoughts that can be shared. And I'm simply going to add to, um, because I listened to Pastor K and Pastor M on Monday. And I was telling my wife, she bears me witness. That I was so blessed. I just wish I was coming to sit down and just hear as well. I was so blessed listening to um, what was shared already. And what I'm simply going to do is to um, share with you what might be the simplest, most basic message you've ever heard in your life. And the reason for that is I heard, I listened to Pastor K when he told me about this meeting. And I could see his heart, his love for you all and what pastor simply wants is for us to be able to use the word in our lives nothing extra no gymnastics know the word for yourself and produce results by yourself and you know i was praying earlier on this year and the lord began to speak to me from first first samuel chapter 13 about a sudden war that broke out amongst the children of israel and the bible says that it was the Philistines that came against the children of Israel. In verse 22, I believe, it says that in the day of battle, there was no sword found in the hands of any of the children of Israel, save in the hands of Saul and Jonathan. For long before the battle, the Philistines had taken all the smiths out of the land, what we call blacksmiths. They had taken all of them out of the land. And so the children of Israel could not make cutlasses, swords, whatever it is they needed to make. They couldn't. 
And so you can imagine, the Bible says that even the little they had, their mattocks, their spears, their little knives, they had to go to the land of the Philistines to sharpen it. And in the day of battle, you found sword only in the hands of Saul and Jonathan, his son. And the Lord said to me, he said, it's time to return the sword to the brethren. Not just in the hands of Pastor K and myself, but in the hands of every believer. You see, when you look at the whole armor of God, the only offensive weapon is what? The word. It's not prayer. It's not fasting. The only offensive weapon he gave us is the word. What makes these other things effective and useful and offensive in any sense is the word in it. And that's why we're going to take the time tonight and I'm just going to share with you on the word and you. Very simple. The word and you. And if the only thing I'm able to do tonight is to help you appreciate that book that you hold in your hands and give it all the priority and preeminence that it requires in your life, then we would have done what God sent us here to do. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Let's start from Hebrews chapter 5 and lay some foundations tonight. And then we go as the Lord leads us. Now Hebrews chapter 5 from verse 11 it says, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. You've become dull of hearing. It says, and it's difficult to say certain things. It said, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become. I want us to underline, are become in your Bible. It says, and are become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat, which means there was a time they could use strong meat, but they had become such as had need of milk now in their lives. Now let's start from here. That I'm sure many of us have heard about the different stages of God's word. And then we talk about milk, we talk about meat, we talk about strong meat. And some of you have heard of bone, you've heard of wine. I don't know what other stage you've heard of. But you've heard different levels of God's word. And there's nothing wrong with that. But can we have that scripture back? If you study that scripture very well, the word in of itself is not what determines what is milk or meat or strong meat. It is the receiver that determines. In essence, a man can take John 3.16 and it's strong meat in terms of the results he's able to produce in his life. For, an, for another person, it's basically milk. Not because John 3.16 has more virtue. Oh, okay, so let me help you this way. Do you remember the parable of the sower? To the first soil, I hope you know, the person could have said, oh, the seed is not that powerful. The second soil could have said the same thing. The third soil could have said the same thing. And even amongst the fourth soil, you still had grades. You had the one that produced 30-fold. You had the one that produced 60-fold. You had the one that produced with the word, 100-fold. Same word. Are you following what I'm saying here? Not a different word. Everybody comes to church. 
Jesus is saying there are actually about six soils. Now, we say four, but I like to say six. Because even amongst the good soil, you have different levels. Not everybody's going to produce results with the word. And those who will produce will be at different levels. Now, by the time we're done tonight, I'm trusting God that we would have created a system whereby you can take God's word and produce a hundredfold with it. Now, you imagine that you're able to produce a hundredfold with the Lord is my shepherd. I do not want. I'm trying to get across to us that Christianity is an exercise. It's not what somebody does for you. It is what you do for yourself. And so whilst it's nice that somebody prays for you, after they have prayed for you, even if you get a miracle, you have to sustain it with the word. And if you did not get it by the word, then you have no word to sustain it. That's why it's been proven that several times when people receive miracles in healing meetings where the word was not taught, in less than six months, they lose it. Ben Heen told the story one time of a certain lady who came into his meeting. She had cancer, stage four cancer of the breast. And she was healed miraculously. And after about six months, she comes back and she says, it was a lie. I don't think I was healed. And he goes, but you, you brought the pre-report and the post-report. What do you mean you don't think you're healed? She said, because now I have all, I have cancer again. Maybe I was just hypnotized. So he asked her. He said, since you left, where have you been? Oh, I went back to my church. Does your church believe in healing? Oh, no. My pastor says the days of healings are past. Okay. Does your church believe in the anointing? Oh, no, he doesn't. Does your church? And then Benny says, how are you going to sustain your miracle by what you're hearing? You see, the Bible tells us in Galatians, it says, he that worketh miracles amongst you and ministereth the spirit, doeth it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. And so the roots of miracles and the sustenance ought to be the word not the anointing on a preacher. Are you following what I'm saying here? And except we're trained to use God's word, it's nice, hey, come on, it's nice for you to have somebody to do all the work for you, don't you think so? Even me, I like it. Somebody just waves a hand over me, and then I wake up the next morning, I'm everything I've ever dreamt of. I don't have to confess nothing. I don't have to believe in anything. Just wave your hand over me, speak a prophetic word, and I record it. And every time I wake up, I play it. As I'm going in the car, I'm praying the prophetic word for the week. Am I against all of that? Absolutely not. I'm simply saying, the just lives by faith. The Bible says that every man would live. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. In essence, life does not start till you understand the word. Are you following what I'm saying here? And I said to us that we're just going to take it slowly and simply this morning. And so, this evening. So, he tells us, he says that now you have need of milk as against strong meat. Now, he was teaching the same thing. They were hearing the same thing. But the level of reception, the level at which they received it and understood it, he said you've regressed in your life. So, it's not the word that determines whether it's strong. You know, some people say strong meat is in Daniel and Revelations. If you want strong means go to Isaiah. But you want all those nice little, little stuff, go to First John. Go to Songs of Solomon. That's not true. It's the person that determines. So somebody is here receiving strong meat. Another person is receiving milk. 
All because of where we are in our lives. Now, but I wanted you to see something. Let's go on here. It says in verse 13, and please follow this. It says, for everyone that use it. Now, if you have a Bible, you can underline. Go ahead and underline that word, use it. He didn't say everyone that know it. Say with me, use it. Hey, come on. Say with me, use it. So he didn't say for everyone that know it. It says for everyone that use it milk is unskillful. Underline that word, unskillful. It says in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Now, so the difference between the babe and the young man or the mature one is not knowledge, but use. Are we agreed on that? So, So being a ministry gift does not confirm maturity. That I stand in the office of a pastor does not mean I'm mature. Let me even take it further. That I lay hands on the sick and they recover does not mean I am mature. I hope you know that the ability to work miracles is not a proof of maturity. Are you sure? I'll prove it to you. Jesus said, it says, Go everywhere, preach the gospel. It says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be what? Condemned. You ever read that before? Now, do you know what he says right after that? He says, these signs shall follow them that believe. Now, let me ask you a quick question. Who did he say shall believe? The preacher or the hearer? All right, so. When he says this sign shall follow them that believe, who was he talking to? You that preached or the ones that believed on your message? The ones that believed on your message. Now, what was the first sign he said will follow those who believe on your message? In my name, they shall cast out devils. If he started with in my name, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He said, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. But he says, if I preach to someone today and he believes on the message, immediately he has the ability to cast out devils. It is not a function of growth. Are you following what I'm saying here? Now somebody says, so what then? I I hope I can go on. Because you may not like the things I'll say tonight, but I got Pastor K's backing. That's that's fine. (laughs) And so because a man has... Uh, uh, collect, whatever it is, you have stories of, you know, oh, I prayed. I, does not mean you're mature. Have you seen spiritual people before? And you go, those are the spirits of our church. And our definitions of spirituality is far from the word of God. Let me put it this way. Um, if you hear, now, please, this is just the illustration that comes to mind. I don't even know anybody here. But Have you heard a man talk before and you thought he was a a lady? Okay. Now, I still called someone recently and he said, hello, ma. If he wasn't the pastor, I wanted to punch him through the phone. And he went on and I spoke for about a minute minute, and he kept saying hello. I said, do I sound like a lady? Do, do Do I need to pump up my voice? And he went on and on. But here's the point. The moment you, you look at that, what comes to mind? Um, um, is that a guy or is that a girl? Why? Because in your mind, certain things come with being a man. Are you following what I'm saying here? Now, so certain things come with believing. Are you following this? If a man believes the message of the gospel, he can cast out devils. He can lay hands on the sick and they recover. 
Now, if you find a man paying his children school fees, and he comes to brag, do you know I pay my kids school fees? What do you say? Uh-uh. It's me that should pay it for you. Hello? Now, have you seen people come to brag? Man, when I cast out devils, they, they, they don't stand where I am. Once I walk in, they walk out. You know what you should tell them? These signs follow them that believe. It's not a proof of maturity. The proof of maturity is the use of the word in your life. Your personal victories. There are many public victors and personal failures. Are you following what I'm saying here? So you have a lot of people who have public victories. And the world applauds it. The world celebrates it. But in their personal lives are failures. Because they haven't learned to use the word of God for themselves in their lives. So Paul makes this distinction quick enough for us to show us who really the babe is and who the mature is. So the difference between the babe and the mature is not knowledge. It's not, um, I know I can quote more scriptures than the other person. The difference, that's why the fact that I preach the word does not mean that I actually am mature. Are you following what I'm saying here? Because God has not created a pathway for maturity for the pastor that is different from the brethren. It's the same pathway. If I fall ill in my body today, I have to use the word or else I die. It's that simple. And so, Paul tells us, there are two words that you should never forget. In your journey in Christianity, Number one is use. Number two is skill. Are you following this? You don't become skillful if you don't use. So where's the starting point? Use. Say with me, use. And what is the essence of use? Skill. Say with me, skill. Now, what is skill? If somebody is a skillful, um, let's say, technician, and then this speaker has some faults, if I look at it, the best I can say is, I think it's not working. And I'm concerned. Let's imagine I invite Pastor K to our church. And Pastor K comes in. Now, how many of you know that I want everything to be right? The, that's not the day for the sound man to misbehave. I'll break your head. That's not the day. You, you, you have to be, you got to be right. Now, so imagine Pastor K is in church and then the speaker goes, boom. Now, you know the best I can do is to be Anxious, frustrated, angry, annoyed. But the one who has skill, what does he do? Now, what is skill? Know-how. Are you following what I'm saying here? Now, know-how means no anxiety, no fear, and reproducibility. Which means I know how to fix the speakers. If it blows, I know how to fix it again. Have you seen people receive miracles and they're afraid that they will lose it? Somebody gets a job miraculously and his fear is, oh God. Now the prayer turns to, oh God, I must not lose this job. Oh God, I must not lose it. Oh God, I must not lose this job. Oh God, no, you have done it. And much of their prayer becomes very fearful. You know, oh God, you are the God that keepeth Israel. And now you're psyching God. You never sleep. You never slumber. Then don't win. He never sleeps. I mean, now all of that 
is out of the fear that I am going to lose my job. Why? You didn't produce it. You are never afraid to redo what you can do. So the word of God gives us the ability. Now, if you follow me tonight, you will fly. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. So he uses those two words. He says, everyone that uses it and is unskillful. Now, let's, let's run. Look at verse 14. He says, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of what? Full age. Even those who, now, he wants to stress it again. Even those who, by reason of what? Come on, talk to me. By reason of what? By reason of use. Have their senses, spiritual senses, exercised to discern both good and evil. So what again does he tell us is the mark of maturity. Those who, by reason of what? Use. And you can hear the word and not use it. Are you following what I'm saying here? If I'm going to grow and make progress in my life, I have to use the word by myself. And I can't depend on anyone else to do it for me. Now, can I show you a bit more? First John chapter 2. First John chapter 2. Now tonight you'd see how that the word is everything. It's, listen, I, I wish I could cut my heart open and show you how the word has worked for me. We're still talking earlier on with PK and PM about our daughter was born. I mean, we're, we're thinking about it. One time my wife said to me, and she was angry. She said, how come everybody's always sharing testimony of miracles the way God just does it for them? We, we have to believe the word. Did we offend God? No, we did not. You see, because the ones you give those things to remain babes, if God does not give you the opportunity to use your faith, you remain a babe. And so the one he loves is the one that goes through that process. I'm telling you, listen, we're thinking about it earlier on. I've got three kids, and all three of them had life altering and threatening situations. I'll tell you the story of my little daughter. When she was going to be born, God always gives me a word for every single one of them. I know their name before they are going to be born. I know what their sex would be. Even when the doctor told us once it wasn't a girl, I, knew, I said, not at sin from the Lord. The Lord had spoken to me about her. And then we discovered that at the time she was supposed to begin to walk, she couldn't walk. Now, I don't know anyone who, I, I, I'm not sure if you understand that, I, I, I felt like God take my legs and give it to her. I mean, seeing her crawl, it was her birthday. Now, for almost six months, right, we couldn't take her to church just because she was, I mean, how, how are you going to take pastor's daughter to church? And they find out that pastor, pastor's daughter is literally a cripple. She can't walk. Now, those were words I never wanted to hear. I mean, I'm, I'm scrolling on TV, CNN, or whatever it is, and somebody uses the words, no! Because <laughs> immediately I heard it. I saw my daughter, who couldn't walk, crawling like a creep in the house. Now, and the doctors told us clearly, they said, the chances of her working, 
a very bad, she ain't going to be able to walk again. You presented too late. If you had come in a bit earlier, maybe you would have been able to do something for her. The surgery that we're thinking of, well, even the chances are, she's not likely, we're going to try it, but it's risky because she's small. And they said all, now, I trained as a doctor, so I understood exactly what they were saying. And somebody says, how come you didn't know, you didn't know, you didn't know? Don't ask me questions. I just didn't know. And so, here was my daughter. It was clear that, humanly speaking, she wasn't going to be able to walk. The only hope we were given was a 50-50% chance that if she did a surgery, then maybe she'd be able to walk. But we were told it wasn't possible. I remember I told my wife, I, I had an alarm set on my phone. My phone is somewhere there. I had an alarm set on my phone for 9 a.m., for about 3 p- 12 noon and 6 p.m. I still have such alarms now. With the word of God, I was speaking over her. And so I sent it to my wife. I said, anytime you see Fikayo and you're concerned about her, make sure you put these words on your lips. And my phone will beep at 12, it will beep at 3, it will beep at 6. Once it beeps, you will walk in the name of Jesus. None of your bones is broken. I was declaring, you are planted around my table. I was declaring those words from the scriptures. Now, here's the point. There were times I saw her and my heart literally sank. I mean... You see, it's easy to believe and pray for others but yourself. Has anybody come to you and they said, Oh, pastor, I got cancer. You say, cancer? Cancer? Jesus gave us power over cancer. But the day they tell you, <laughs> you say, who I offend? <laughs> and so, here was I. I had prayed for people, seen miracles in church, but here was my own battle of faith. I mean, I, I walk into the room at night, Look at my daughter. Now, I never let my wife see this, but it happened a couple of times. The tears were rolling down my eyes. And I'm asking, is she not going to, to, to... No, she walks. There was never a time that question ended. Now, understand this. The devil will attack your mind with all kinds of questions. Pastor, heal thyself. Then he reminded me of people that got healed. You know, that was just a fluke, Right? I don't know if that's ever happened to you. And, and then I remember the other person that got healed. Go and call them. They've lost the healing. I mean, everything coming into my space. But we stayed on the word without asking for prayer one day. I'm going to come to that. I'm going to come to that. Because there's a generation that's thinking, if I can get somebody to pray for me or get into a prayer meeting somewhere else, get someone to lay hands on me, everything will be well. Don't forget, there's been a lot of fads in the body of Christ. The only thing that remains after everything is gone is the word. That's the only thing that remains. And so I said, I remember I'd gone to preach at Akura and my wife had gone to the doctor. She had this huge cast on her leg and they cut, in fact, I didn't just tell her, I was so scared. When I asked her, how are they going to cut it? And I remember it says, saw some, some serious stuff. I said, dear God, my little girl's leg. And I just finished preaching, turned on my phone, and I saw messages from my wife, sent me the picture. Her legs were like this. I mean, flabby, whatever it was. Her legs were like this. She sent me the picture. Her leg had gone to normal. My daughter didn't start walking. She started running, literally. This was someone they said was going to be crippled. I am telling you something. There's only one thing that has not failed. People have prayed and they wondered why they didn't get answers. No one stayed with the word and ever failed. Not one. 
I can tell you stories upon stories. In fact, I have worked the world so much that I'm not interested in whatever you have to give me. I'm not so interested. Because I know that everything anyone has to give, the world gives more. First John chapter 2. Hallelujah. Are you still here tonight? Let's look at verse 14. First John chapter 2 verse 14. Still talking about that journey of maturity. And then we come into using the word. Look at what it says. Let's read from verse 12. Now, John begins to make a distinction between the different stages of growth. He says, I write unto you little children. He says, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. So he says, at that stage, what you're dealing with is your conscience. You're dealing with the righteousness. You're dealing with, oh, oh, God is angry with me. God is happy with me. Oh, the grace of God, the wrath of God. He says, that's what the baby is dealing with. Now go on, the next verse. He says, I write unto you fathers. Now look at this. Because you have known him that is from the beginning. He says, now don't bother yourself about fathers. That's not our business. Let's talk about the young men. He says, I write unto you, young men. Now, let's read that together. One, two, three, go. I write unto you, young men, because, hold on, who who overcame the wicked one? Jesus. Now, did Jesus overcome the wicked one? Yes, he did. But he says, the proof that you have grown is that you, in your life, have overcome the wicked one. Are you following what I'm saying here? And this is important. Now, can we go back to that scripture? He says, you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known daddy. Oh, you're in love with him. He's not angry with you. Oh, all of that, that's nice. He says, that's what the little children are fed on. Now, go on to the next verse. Still talking about the same thing. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. Let's read the next sentence together. I want to go. What does it say? I have written unto you, young men, because you are, number one, you are what? Come on, talk to me. You are what? Why and how are you strong? Read the next thing. And the word of God abideth in you. Are you following what I'm saying here? You are strong and the word of God abideth in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. And let me show you a scripture. Chapter 4, chapter 5 of that same First John. From verse 18, now I'm just going to read, I'm going to read the entire verse, but I want to focus on the B portion. He says, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. Now look at this. But whosoever is begotten of God keepeth himself, and the wicked one toucheth him not. Are you following what I'm saying here? So you see that God moves the responsibility to who? The believer. Not to himself. Oh God, oh God. He moves it away from every other person. To you, that's why I like, I love what PK said, and I, I, I hear it's from yesterday's message about you are the one who has the final say. He moves that responsibility away from himself, moves it away from even the world, moves it from the wicked one. Are you following what I'm saying here? Now, the Bible says if you fall in the day of adversity, it's not the strength of your enemy. It's not the might It's not how big the adversity is. He says, your own strength is what? Small. So what should my focus be? The adversity or my strength? 
Now, how do I build my strength? He says, you are strong. Why? The word of God abideth in you. Now, let's take it further. John 15 verse 7. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it will be done for you. In essence, what's the basis of prayer? Not my needs, not how I feel, not my emotions, not what I am going through. Are you following what I'm saying here? He says, no man ever prayed who didn't start with the word. Every prayer that started with your need is not a prayer, it's a complaint. John 15, 7, he says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, it's on the basis of that that you will ask what you will. And because my word abides in you, what you ask will be done for you. Now, every time God creates shortcuts, the anointing is a shortcut. Are you following what I'm saying here? But you know, you can't take shortcuts all of your life. I don't know if you've ever had a case where your car, um, the battery ran down, and you jump-started the car with, what are you going, now, how long are you going to keep jump-starting it? Even though you're allowed to jump-start the first time, and it works, you know somewhere at the back of your mind, this is not sustainable. Someday I've got to get my own battery. And somebody here tonight who is getting his own battery. Are you getting what I'm saying here? He says, the word of God abideth in you. And because of the word that abides in you, that you've learned to use, he says, now you, not God, has overcome the wicked one. So the question I want to ask you is, where are your trophies? We have it the other way around. We want to kill Goliath in the public before we kill lions and bears in the secrets. But David killed his lions and the bears in the secret. In essence, you are here. Let me tell you how simple it is. You are here. You have serious temper issues. Have you used the word to deal with it until you came out with a testimony on the other side to say this was the man that you met. This is the man you would have met in 2015. This is the man that is here today. Using the word. Glory to God. So tell the person beside you, the word is everything. Tell another person, the word is everything. Ask the person, where are your trophies? Where are your trophies? You got trophies? You sure you got trophies? Because you have to. There's got to be those secret battles in your private space where you have used the... You see, when we get to heaven, the grade will shock us. I'm telling you the truth. It will shock many people. You'd be shocked at how God will grade people. Because somebody's... somebody's I mean, like we say in those days, you, 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 I mean, the person is dropping rev every time. You think that's maturity. Sometimes... Even the ones who are very mature are not even able to communicate it well. But it's in their lives, by their fruits, you shall know them. Glory to God. Can we go further? John chapter 1. John chapter 1. You know, there are different kinds of meetings. Meetings we can come and just scatter. And everybody will get happy. But tonight is the word. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I mean, you will be so drunk in the word in your closet, you would have prayed two hours. Uh -uh. Are you serious? Without knowing it. 
Because you've come into a living, vital relationship with this book. John chapter 1. We're going to read from verse 1 to verse 4. And I'll show you quickly what I call the character of the word. Because if you know the character of the word, then it changes your disposition to the word. For example, if somebody told you that PK is a very tough man, without meeting him, you prepare yourself on how you will meet him. Because you've heard of his character. Are you following what I'm saying here? Now, when you know the character of the word, it helps you in your appreciation of the word. The word is not that thing you use just to get a miracle. It's that thing you use to sustain your life. Now, you know, this is so important to me. I've got to give it all priority in my life. And I believe that the scripture that gives us the best description of the word of God is in John chapter 1. John chapter 1. You know, I came here to preach this message at the risk of sounding so simple. But I believe with all of my heart that if half of the body of Christ can learn to use the word of God in this country, we will be unstoppable. If half, one-tenth, not half, can learn to use the word, we'll be unstoppable. Absolutely unstoppable. John chapter 1, let's, let's read from verse 1 to verse 4. We all know it, right? All right, so let's read together. I want to go. What does it say? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2, the same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, verse 4. Can we read again from verse 1? How many of you are just getting blessed, just reading it? Can, I, can you wave at me? Just reading it, you're getting stronger and getting blessed. That's what the Word does. From verse 1, let's read it again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made, verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, you know why this is important? Two words are, when we talk about the word of God, there are two Greek words, many of us know this, that is translated the word of God in the New Testament, the logos and the rema. There's a lot of emphasis on the rema in the Pentecostal circles. Oh, I received the rema word. I received this, I received that. But you realize that the word logos was used more in the New Testament, than even Rema. And that simply tells you the priority of God. Because the Logos represents, first, the embodiment of God's thoughts, his intelligence, which became living in Jesus and fossilized on paper for us as the Scriptures. So when he says, in the beginning was the Word, that word we are talking about is what is given to us now on the pages of our Bible. Are you following what I'm saying here? Because when you talk about the Logos, it has a double reference. First, to the living Jesus who walked the face of the earth and the written scriptures. So you could say, wherever you see that word Logos, you could actually put the word written scriptures. The Bible that you hold in your hands. Are you following this here? Now, so let's take it from there. 
The first phrase there, and please write it down if you're taking notes. It says, in the beginning. Say with me, in the beginning. All right. So the first thing we realize is this. The word is preeminent. Say that with me. The word is preeminent. Everything starts with the word. Anything in God always starts with the word. You can't go on a journey with God without the word. It has to be preeminent. It has to be priority. It has to be number one. If God gives me an assignment today, the first thing I want to do is, what does the Bible say? If, when, when our kids were going to come, I was asking, what is your word concerning them? Because when the storms of life comes, I am not going to go and meet God and tell him, Lord, you, Lord, you gave me this child, you should keep the child. That is not scripture. He is not bound by our emotions. He is bound by his word. Are you following what I'm saying here? And so if I can find what his word says concerning anything, I can hold him to ransom concerning it. But many of us try to use emotions to hold God to ransom. God, don't you, can't you see what I'm going through? He can see he's not blind. Before you went through it, he knew you were going to go through it. Are you following what I'm saying here? The only thing, one time I was praying, and I was praying emotionally to the Lord, sir. And then the Lord said to me, have you ever read? He says, I am moved by the feelings of your infirmities. I said, that's why I'm praying the way I'm praying. He said, read it again. He says, I am moved by the feelings of your infirmities. I said, yes, you're a faithful high priest. Then he said, but I don't act on it. In essence, he feels what you feel, but he only acts on his word. Are you following what I'm saying? We, we must understand this. You must separate that he's a merciful high priest. But the high priest does not walk with emotions. That's why he says, we have come to our high priest, the high priest of our profession, not our emotions. This high priest is moved by emotions, but he acts on our profession. And that profession has to be in keeping with his word. Are you following what I'm saying here? In Luke chapter 10, let me take this a bit further. The Bible tells us of how that Jesus had sent about 60 of his guys out. Seven, is it 70 or 60 of them? Had sent them out to go preach. And then that aside is 12 disciples. So you had maybe about 70 people going to the house of Mary and Martha. Now, P.K. and honorably so, P.K. and P.M. were at our place recently. I know what my wife did. And I'm still telling them on the island that I haven't forgiven her for it. Oh boy, she, 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 dear Jesus, anything under heaven, PK and PM had to have it. I was wondering, when last day he cramped in this house? But, but imagine PK was coming to your house. We are going to pull to stop anything possible, right? I mean, if, if you had mothers in those days and you had a man of God was coming to your house. You know those plates up there. Why? Because a man of God was what? Coming to your house. So you heard the one who raised the dead. The one who multiplied bread and fish was coming to the house. Let me tell you something. I support matter on this matter. Let me just tell you a side joke. One of the things I've been believing God for is the anointing of a preacher. I just love preachers. Now, the moment I just dropped matter for this matter, we would have continued another sermon. We'll forget what we are preaching now. They are matters. Now, but let me just continue my message. And so, I actually, let me say that again, and we'll do it the right way. Once I say it, you know what to do, right? I support matter on this matter. So you can imagine, Mara was trying to get everything for the Lord. 
is a large entourage. And here comes Mary. She just sits at the feet of Jesus. Listen. Be careful of a man who is hearing the word. Be careful. The Jews have a saying that life is not photograph, it's video. What is video? I hope you know that video cameras are simply picture cameras that are snapping at a faster rate. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, look at the way I'm looking today. Whatever you think I look like is your business. But at least I look somewhere to come up stage here, right? Earlier today, I obviously didn't look this way, right? There are many of you ladies looking real good. You know what you look like when you woke up. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, if we took your picture in the morning and we take your picture now, do you know we will respond to you in different ways? Why? Because we went with a snapshot. The problem with men is that we judge people by snapshots, not by the journey. In essence, the one you met at 9 a.m. is not the one at 6 p.m. While we look into that mirror, we are changed into that same image from glory unto glory. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? So if you thought you knew me yesterday, <laughs> you wait till tomorrow. You know why? I am not doing gimmicks. I am looking into something that has the ability to change me. So Mary was there listening to the word. And mother comes and says, Lord, what you are doing is not right. It's not just Marina, even you. I'm trying to cook for you and you won't tell my sister to help me. You know, it's a different case if she went to meet Mary and whispered, ah, ah, when Jesus hits, ah, ah, this is not how we do in this family. She went straight to Jesus. What did Jesus say? Matter, matter. You are encumbered by so many things. What she was encumbered by, was it legitimate? Legitimacy does not take the place of priority. Are you following what I'm saying here? The fact that it's legitimate does not give it priority over the word. He says you are encumbered by many things, but one thing, not two, not three. Just one thing is needful. Uh, Now, follow what Jesus said. He says, and Mary has chosen the better part that cannot be taken from her. In essence, you can't take from a man what he got by the word. Ah, you following what I'm saying here? No, you cannot. You cannot. He says, this part cannot be taken from him. Now, what will amaze you is that that word needful in the English, I don't know how many of you have heard them praise God in your language. And you wanted to interpret it into English and you hang. Don't you bong 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 bong? I wonder, I was listening and they were doing the bong 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 bong. I said, even you that is saying bong bong bong, explain. <laughs> there are some things they are saying they can't even explain themselves. It's the same way with English and Greek. So English just comes and says needful. You say it's needful. Is water not needful? No. In the Greek, one of the words means employment. In essence, he says, let the word be your employer. Are you still here tonight? How many of you wake up on Monday, every Monday, and you want to go to work? Raise your hand and you will make heaven. (laughs) 
You wake up every Monday, you go, ah, Monday! Even after Pastor K preached on Sunday, work ethic. Your boss gives you file to carry. He said, boss, more file. More file. I'm dying to command. I'm dying to send. Why do you still do it even though you don't feel it? How come your body is telling you I'm tired? You say, body, you will die. You died here. You better carry yourself and go to work. Why? If you don't go, I can't take care of you. Why is it that there are many... How many of you wake up and you don't, you just, you scroll on Instagram, you see people on the islands, you say, what's my own? Not, not Nigerian island. <laughs> not that kind of island. Islands. You know, you, you see all this Santorini in Greece. What? Who is that person? That's my guy. <laughs> Some of you are too holy. You see all these places, people enjoy life. And as you check it, you say, ah, it's 530. You have to join bus or carry Uber or drive your car for two hours. And in the car, you are listening to word and abusing people at the same time. <laughs> Pastor K says something, he says, ah! Then the guy will say, hey! Ah, ah. <laughs> so now you don't even know which one is operating, flesh or spirit. Everything has joined. That's the power of Lagos. It will never happen in Abuja. Never. I tell people, let me tell you this. I told them yesterday on the island, and it's the truth. If the president were coming on this road, you know the road will clear. That same road, it will clear. Why? Because president is coming. So one thing is synonymous with the president. is clear road. Any city where the road is not clear, God has left the city. But if you come to Abuja, free road. Angels are clearing road every time. Now that's just a joke. So let's get back to this. PK, I, I, I didn't mean that, sir. I'm just... So let's get back to this. You wake up and you go to work, even though you don't feel like it. Why? You are employed by someone. He says, let the world be your employer. He said, the reason I'm not reading this is because I don't feel it. Feel what? Feel what? If you can go to work when you don't feel it, then you can read the word. You can read it. Someone says, and let me explain this to you. The Lord showed this to me. Listen, every, every desire is acquired. Let's use taste as an example. Do you know that if you eat some food from Asia, we're still talking about it earlier today, sir. You eat some food. They give you food. You will vomit. But when they are eating it, they eat it with so much gusto, style, panache, passion, and fashion. You are wondering, is it the same thing? Yet when they come to eat your own food, they are drinking water from morning to night. Do you know that when a child is born, he has no special taste? It is what he keeps feeding on that he develops a taste for. You know why many don't have a taste for the word? They have not been fed on it. So the pastor said, people don't like the word. Let's bring entertainment. Let's do this. Let's reduce this. Let's reduce that. Without knowing that the way to get people to like it is to give them. I, oh boy. In essence, if your child tells you, 
I don't like rice. It's chocolate I like. What do you do? It's chocolate. I'll give you different kinds of chocolate. White, red, wine, gray. I'll give you. After I've given you for three days, then I'll give you small rice. I hope you know that's what we've been trying to do in the church. I'll give you small rice. Then I'll give you plenty more chocolate. Plenty, Plenty more chocolate. What are you doing in essence? You are giving him the taste. He's going to get to a point that you can't control it again yourself. Why? Because he has now acquired that taste. The only way to acquire a taste for the word is discipline in the word. It is not by prayer, sir. You cannot pray to God to give you discipline. No, God has never answered that prayer. He will not start with you. He will not start with you. Oh God, you see, give me discipline now in my life. Glory to God. So he says the world should become what? Your employer. So I said to them yesterday, give the world 50% of the passion and commitment you give to your work. Just 50%. Glory to God. Are you here? I don't have time. This is one out of seven. So I'm just going to read out the rest for you. Number two. It says, and the word was with God. Okay, let's leave all of that. Let's leave all of that. Let's get into the end. There are seven things there that you'd have seen, but let's get into the end. Now look at verse four. I want you to see this. I'm just going to jump to verse four. And I'll give you the seventh character, which is where I really want us, because we're going to pray tonight. And as we pray tonight, you're going to go back to your Bibles. Are you following what I'm saying here? That book. See, devotional is not word. Are you following what I'm saying? Listen, it's good to have devotional. But if devotional does not lead you to word, you have not entered. Devotional is regurgitated food. Somebody ate it and gave you. Okay. Verse... (laughs) We have a devotional, so if you say it's because they don't have devotional, that's why it's talking like that. You see, everything you want to say. I say, if you're not a pastor, if you're a pastor, it does not mean you're mature. I'm a pastor. I say devotional is regurgitated food. He says because they are not doing devotional. He's angry with those that are doing devotional. I'm doing devotional. Which other one? Verse 4. <laughs> it says, oh, you'd love this. It says, the name was life, and the life was the light. Now say with me, Light. This is the seventh character of the word, but that's where I want us to get to. Light. It says, the life was the light of men. Now, light here refers to prophetic vision. And I'm going to explain what I mean in a bit. Prophetic vision. In essence, the scriptures is given to us. And every day and every event in your life is outlined in the scriptures. Every. Jesus showed up one day, and this is why we need sight. God opening your eyes to see the word of God. Do you know, sirs and mas, John 8, is it John 8 or John 9? You can read it. The story of the blind man that Jesus healed. Go read it for yourself. The Bible says the reason it troubled them that much was that this had never been done in the history of the earth. I hope you know that there was no record of a blind eye being opened in the Old Testament. I hope you know. Every miracle that was performed in the New Testament was performed in the Old Testament, including raising of the dead. What distinguished the miraculous in the Old Testament 
from the New Testament was the opening of blind eyes. And that's why they said, he must be a prophet. Because this has never been done amongst us. Now, let me tell you this. The greatest blessing of the New Testament is sight. It is what distinguishes what we have from what they have. In essence, Jesus is called the opener of eyes. The last physical action he performed before he had that final meeting with them was on the way to Emmaus. As he shared the word, the Bible says their hearts burnt within them. But then he broke bread with them. The Bible says their eyes were opened. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, one day we'll have that. There's what you call the spectrum of light where, for example, you're hearing this, your heart is burning, but your eyes is not yet open. Your, your heart is burning, but your eyes is not yet open. We're going to pray tonight. And as we pray, scales will drop off eyes. I'm telling you. Jesus showed up in Luke, the fourth chapter. He says, he found where it was written concerning him. Sirs and Mas, did they write Jesus in that scripture? They said, Jesus, this is for you. But he found where it was written, what? Concerning him. Then observe what Jesus says. After he read it, what did he say? He says, this day. What did he say? He said, to preach, look at it. To preach the gospel to the poor. Up to this point, had he preached? No. Look at what he says next. He says, to heal the brokenhearted. Up until this point, had he done that? No. Had he set captives free? No. Did he say, when I do this, then it will be fulfilled in your ears? He said, this day, in essence, hear this. A man is measured by what he sees, not what he does. Listen, sight is the most powerful thing on earth. If a man sees it, he has it. He does not need to wait for a manifestation. In the kingdom that we belong to, sight is the final bus stop. In essence, once a man sees it, God cannot stop it. Satan cannot stop it. It's impossible. Once your eyes are open to it, Jesus said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled before your eyes. This day. One time I went to pray. I was praying about certain things. And the word of the Lord came to me. He said, I have commanded an officer unto you. That's all the Lord said. I said, an officer. It didn't make sense. As I prayed more in the spirit, the scriptures floated in my consciousness. Second Kings chapter 8. Now I was praying at a huge prayer camp. So I ran back. This was about the 14th day of my fast. I ran back. Open the scripture. Then I saw in verse 6. The woman had lost everything because she, she went out of town. The king said, I have commanded. Look at it. He says, the king asked the woman. She told him. So the king appointed unto her a certain officer. saying, restore all that was hers. And all the fruit of the land since the day that she left the land even until now. Let's imagine that you ran your business. COVID came. Everything was lost in COVID. Then you go to God in prayer and say, oh God, can't you see how I am suffering? That does not work. But you see a scripture like this. Are you following what I'm saying here? You see it that in the scriptures, angels can be commanded, assigned to you. Till you, you restore everything that was lost. Now you are not saying, oh God, you can see what I'm going through. No, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your officer. You see, there's a difference. He says, one is praying and saying, oh God, look at what I'm going through. Another, the word abides in him. And now he's asking what he will. Then it will be done to him. Are you following what I'm saying here? So we've got to understand how the word works. What God wants to give us is sight, prophetic insight into scriptures. 
You look into the word and you see your life there. James chapter 1. Let me show you this here and then we'll pray now. Did you get anything tonight? Say this, the word is priority. (laughs) James chapter 1. I want you something that will amuse you. Let's take it from verse 22. James chapter 1, verse 22. All right, can can we read? Now, we all know the scripture, right? But can we read it together? One to go. All right, so let's hold on there. Who is a doer of the word? Can somebody volunteer an answer? Someone who does the word, right? Okay, so, but be you doers of the word. So if you hear, read your Bible, read your Bible. You have done the word, right? If you hear, give an offering, and you give an offering, you have done the word, right? Let the scripture speak for itself. And not hear us only deceiving your own selves. Next verse, verse 23. Now let's all read together, I want to go. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, this is the description. Who is this man? He is like unto a man beholding his face, natural face, in a glass. Next verse, verse 24. For he beholds himself and goeth his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. So who is the hearer that does not do the word? He's the one who sees something in the word about himself. But as he goes his way, which is what will happen. Life will bring you a different picture. And he forgets what manner of man he saw in the word. Are you following what I'm saying here? Now, is the, you've got to understand because religion tells you otherwise. The moment you hear doer of the word, what you're thinking of is you are striving to do what you have heard. But James says the doer, the hearer who does not do the word is the one who allows images pass by him. So you are in a meeting like this, for example, maybe you hear the word of prosperity, you suddenly see how wealthy God has made you. As you step outside there, your landlord sends you a text. Immediately that image flies out. Are you following what I'm saying here? That Now follow this, that person can be praying even more than every other person in church, but he has lost the image. Do you know that it was one person that saved Peter? From the sword of Herod. It was not the church. The Bible says the church prayed. Without ceasing for Peter. And we think it was their prayer that delivered Peter. It's not true. There was only one person that was praying in faith. Her name was Rhoda. The Bible says she went to the door. She saw Peter. She did not think he was a ghost. She went to meet the lead, prayer leader. Uh-uh, prayer coordinator. Peter is outside. Said, Peter. Peter. Brethren, raise your voice. Raise your voice. Oh God, say after me. Oh God of heaven. They raise your voice. She went to check again. I say I am seeing Peter. They said, listen, maybe it's his ghost. Let me ask you a question. How can you see the ghost of a man who is not dead? So what did they really believe in their hearts? Peter asked, by. See, Herod had not killed him but because, follow this, because of a history, this is what we do. We take an experience and history and we conclude in our minds while we are yet praying. So they were, Peter, Peter, but they knew he was dead. The way James died, you will die. Peter, Peter, but Rhoda believed. He's not a ghost, he's Peter. He's not a ghost, he's Peter. So people can, be, can have external activity, but no image inside. 
So if I say, raise your hands now and pray in the name of Jesus. And let me tell you this, under corporate anointing, you will get some results without image, but it will not stay. Give a bus conductor your best shirt in the name of love. After two weeks, you will not recognize it. Why? Every man reduces his world to his mind. Hear this, we are not, listen, God did not build us to grow from outside inside. He built us to grow from inside outside. So if outside grows bigger than inside, inside will say, come back. You are my junior brother. You have to come to my level. It is not something you do. It is how you are programmed. That is why you find people marry well. The girl says, I, I don't merit this man. I, I don't, if you know what I've done, this man should not be my husband. And she will say, there will be in meetings. Say, I, I want to thank Jesus. Because the kind of husband God has given me, the kind of, she's giving testimony. The kind of husband God has given me, the ki- if you know me, <laughs> why? Because every man's inside will govern his world. So let's have that scripture back. This is important. Uh-huh. They even said you are mad. These are people that are praying. You can imagine inside prayer meeting. Continue praying. That's the, the, I mean, I mean, if you know what I'm saying, that's the way they would have said it. You think they said, thou art mad. You think that's what they said? Because I know some of you are children of King James. The, the, the guy was leading prayer. Okay, okay, okay. Peter is there. Mother's thou it. Look at it. It says, for he beholded him. We got to pray tonight. Look at it. For he beholds himself. If we have time, if the Lord would open your eyes to see it, not that he beholds his circumstance, himself. Himself. God does not change your world. He changes you. He beholds himself, not what he's going through. God does not show him his world. He beholds himself. If the man can be changed, his world will be changed. That's why God said in Genesis 1, let us make man, not let us give man. And when Jesus came, he said, follow me and I will make you. He had given. But he said, giving is not the end. Making is it. We are trying to get. God is trying to make. And the only instrument of making is the word. Are you following what I'm saying? Look at this. Let, let's continue. He says, he builds himself, goes his way, and straight away forgets what manner of man he was. You see, the focus is you. Look at the next verse. Verse 25. But whoso... Now let's follow this. Say with me, look at. The other person, look, look, look. There's a brother in our church that reads the song, look, look, I like it. That's your job. Tell your neighbor, you are a look, look. Look at it. He says, but whoso look at into the, oh boy, this is powerful. The perfect love, liberty. And what? Continuate daring. Tell the person, look and continue. Tell another person, look and continue. Tell the person, that's Christianity from A to Z. That's all. That's the beginning and end of Christianity. What is our job? Look. If they ask you, are you a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? To be a looker. I'm a looker. What are you looking at? Looking at the word. Look at what he says. He says, look at the perfect love, liberty, and continue daring. He be not a forgetful hearer. Now, I wanted you to see this. Read the next phrase. A doer of the word... Of the word, what does he tell us to do? It's a work. 
Christianity is a labor. A doer, not of the word, but of the work. What is the work? See something and keep it regardless of what the earth tells you. See something in the word and keep it regardless of what your world says to you. Are you following what I'm saying here? Say this, look at daring. Tell the person beside you, look at daring. Tell another person and continue it. So you can't look and say, I've looked. No, no, you can, there's nothing like I looked. In Christianity, we don't look. <laughs> we look at. Are you following what I'm saying? They ask you, what are you doing? I'm looking. They ask you tomorrow, I'm continuing daring. The day after, I've started to look at it again. After that, I'm continuing daring. Why? This is Christianity. And as long as we keep that image, it will govern our world. Are you following what I'm saying? Brothers and sisters, Job 42 verse 5. He says, I have heard of thee with the hearing of my ear, but now my eye seeth thee. Rise up on your feet. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Lord, my eyes, open my eyes. You're going to pray. You're going to pray. Lord, open my eyes. Isaiah chapter 12. He said, the book is a sealed book. We gave it to the learned. He said, intellect does not open the Bible. Because to the theologian, the Bible is theology. To the professor, it's a textbook. But to the believer, it is life. Are you following what I'm saying here? Listen, let me tell you this. If you find one word concerning your business, one word concerning your marriage, one word concerning your health. So say this with me. Father, my eyes are open. Grant me seen eyes. If you have seen eyes, hear this. You will not seek a miracle. No. You have seen something. Ma, do you realize that what you hear, you can doubt. But you don't doubt what you see. Sight is perfect fit. You hear the voice say, ah, that sounds like my wife. But did you see your wife and say, is he my wife? Even your wife will say, ah, honey. <laughs> because sight is the last bus stop. It's, listen, with all of your life, crave sight. Galatians 2.2, 2, he says, I went up by revelation, not effort. Oh, what are they doing? What are they doing? Let me copy them. We don't go up that way. I went up by revelation. Lift your hands towards heaven. My eyes are open from tonight. Go ahead and begin to pray in the next one minute. All over this auditorium. Raise your voice. Your passion in prayer will show the priority this has in your life. We have just a minute to pray. I want you to pray as though your life depends on it. Because it does. Your life depends on it. Open down my eyes, oh Lord. Grant me seeing eyes. I have struggled enough. I have tried enough. Open my eyes, oh God. Open my eyes, oh God. Can somebody pray with more passion? Can somebody pray with more passion? With stronger hunger. 
What do you want? What do you want? Somebody pray wherever you are. Wherever you are, raise your voice. Grant me seeing eyes. Grant me seeing eyes. Grant me seeing eyes. Just a second. Hold on. Listen to me. If you ever are more passionate about a material need than revelation, you have missed it. That I said, oh, let's raise our hands and pray for money. And you get passionate. You still don't understand it. God's highest blessing is sight. In essence, when he wants to make you, he opens your eyes. That's what he does. And the opening of eyes, sir, is in grades. It's in grades. It's in grades. I'll give you one more minute to raise your loudest voice. Heavenly Father, grant me the spirit of wisdom and knowledge. Open down my eyes. Billionaires are coming out of this meeting. World changers are coming out of this meeting. Real estate Mongols are coming out of this meeting. Oil tycoons are coming out of this meeting. Ministers of the gospel are coming out tonight. Scriptures are coming alive to you. Scriptures are coming alive to you. Raise your voice. He will feel the hungry. He will feel the hungry. He will feel the hungry. Raise your voice. Precious Jesus. Raise your voice. The eyes of my inner man flooded with light. I have heard of you in the hearing of my ear, but now my eyes see at thee. My eyes see at thee. Not what I was told, not what I heard, but now my eyes see at thee. You know, the Bible says he found where it was written. That connotes search. Jesus, the living word, had to find where it was written. He must have been searching. Proverbs, the fourth chapter. It says, He's a life to all their flesh. It says, He's health to all their body. It says, Those who find it. So there's a search that nobody can do for you. 
There's a search nobody can do for you. A disciplined search. Looking into the scripture till you see. When you see it, you know this is me. John Austin, the father of Joel Austin. His aunt was sick for 18 months. Cancer of the stomach, dying. Doctor said, no hope. John Austin said, one of those days, Brother Hagin had prayed, everybody had prayed. Hear this. There are places God will bring you to where it is you and Satan alone. He, God, will back off. The temptation of Jesus, sir. He says, after Jesus had defeated Satan, then Satan left him. And angels then came to minister to him after. after. Say with me, after. Not during. After. After. John said, everybody had prayed. Nothing changed. One of those days, he was studying his Bible. This son shall follow them that believe. He saw a man walking out of the book. His eyes was open. He had read it several times. This is the father of Joel Austin. He read it several times. He said, all of a sudden, he began to worship the image because he was so Jesus, Jesus. He said, oh, Jesus, I worship you. Then the voice of the Lord came to him. He said, read it again. Who shall the signs follow, Jesus or the believer? Oh, it's me. He looked again. He saw himself. He was the man coming out of the pages of the book. Drunk on that insight, he ran to his aunt's room without thinking. He said, rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. And he left. About 20 minutes after, she was dressed. A woman, they said, would be dead in weeks. Had not eaten in 18 months. Cancer of the stomach. Eating her tummy off. She was dressed up. That's not even the miracle. She sat at the dinner table. He said, I want food. He said, no, 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 no. no. Ah, please, just take liquid. No, no, no. I want solid. Spicy. She ate first round, Pastor K. Second round. Now, Confessions of the Baptist Boy Preacher. That's the name of the little book. You can go and get it. Second round. Third round. Ate it. So John said, aunt, you are a miracle. Not only have you risen from the dead, you are now eating food. He said, what happened, auntie? Auntie said, oh, you know, while I was in the room, I heard the voice of the Son of Man, Jesus, saying, rise up and walk. John said with Jesus, I came to your room. I shouted, rise up and walk. Then they started arguing. He said, he, he, he said, it. He said in, after about 12 minutes of hot argument, it then dawned on him. That a man that sees himself in the word. When a man sees who he is in the word here on earth. Jesus arises in his behalf. He shouted here, rise up and walk. Jesus took his voice. Echoed it to the ant. Why? He only acts on revelation. They had cried for 18 months. No change. One light. Listen. If you knew what I'm talking about, you will end all of the prayer you are doing and ask for one thing. Lights. 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 Somebody say with me, light has come. Say it again. Light has come. Say it one more time. Life has come. That's all I got for you. Woo! 
We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080-777-14411 or 080-777-14412. Or you can visit our website on www.davidschristiancenter.org. David's Christian Center, home of victorious people.